Welcome back to another episode of Myths and Mysteries and Black and White with your two hosts, Josh and Ed. How you doing? Ed, seen you yesterday, yesterday <laughs> and I think the day before that. Yeah. So, I know how you are. <laughs> yeah. Hope everyone else is watching is or listening is good. Yeah. Uh, hot, in it? <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> <worst>. <laughs> I'm fucking in UK, man. But I am ready. Yeah. For some fucking leaf changing. Yeah. Hoodie weather. Long. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Get wear my long sleeve check shirts again. Oh. <laughs> I'll be in my element. <laughs> but no, as you can tell from the title, today we are talking about our final topic on the Asian mythology side, and it is Japanese mythology. Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Sake. It could have been worse. I could have just started doing like from Scary Movie Four. Oh, Karate Judo Sumo Samurai! <laughs> How they got away with that, I'll never know. But the thing is, I didn't realise back no, then. I didn't. It was only when someone put it out. You're like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's fucking brilliant! Absolutely brilliant. class. <laughs> but yeah, so we're talking about Japanese mythology. We're going to be talking about their beliefs in the creation of the Earth. We're naming some of the uh, most famous uh, deities. Mm-hmm. We're talking about certain creatures. Mm. Yo- and then, of yokai. course, that's what they call yokai. Yokai, yeah. and of course, Japanese mythology. We have to mention. Well, it's but, not even mythology though; like, it is real things. Yeah, but we but can't talk we, about Japanese culture without we talking talk- about the dons. The samurai. Yeah. So, <laughs> hope everyone enjoys this episode, mm-hmm. and let's crack on. Let's do it. So, Japanese uh, creation myth. Long ago, all the ele- uh, elements were mixed together with uh, one germ of life. Mm-hmm. This germ began to mix things around, around and around until the heavier part sank and the lighter part rose. The muddy sea that covered the entire earth was created. From this ocean grew a green shoot. It grew and grew until it reached the clouds and there... A shoe? Huh? A shoe. Uh... A shoot. Oh, a shoot. <laughs> What's that? A shoe? <laughs> Just boot in it. <laughs> it, grew and, it grew and grew until it reached the clouds and there it was transformed into a god... Yeah, transformed into a god. Soon this god grew lonely and it began to create other gods. The last two gods it made was... Izanagi. It's got to be one of them days. And Izanami. We do apologise if we butcher some of these words. God, love it. And they were the most remarkable. One day, as they were walking along... Uh, walking along they looked down on the ocean and wondered what was beneath it. Izanagi thrust his staff into the waters and as he pulled it back up, some clumps of mud fell back into the sea. They began to harden and grew until they became the islands of Japan. Mm-hmm. The two descended to these islands and began to explore, each going in different directions. They created all kinds of plants, and when they met again, they decided to marry and have children to inhabit the the land. The first child is is Anami. Bor was a girl of radiant beauty. The gods decided she was too beautiful to live in Japan, so they put her up in the sky, and she became the sun. Mm-hmm. The second daughter, Sukiyami became the moon, and their third and unruly son, Sosanowu. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Was sentenced to the sea, where he creates storms. Later, their first child, 
Amaterasu, mm. I think I pronounced that right, bore a son who became Emperor of Japan, and all the emperors since then have claimed descendant uh, have claimed descent from him. So that was a rough estimate of what they believe created the Earth. Mm. So now I'll talk about some of the gods, like the most famous gods out of them all. So, of course, as I mentioned earlier, we have Izanami and Izanagi, the primordial gods of creation. Izanagi, or Izanagi no Mikoto, translated as he who invites. And Izanami, or Izanami no Mikito, translates as she who invites. Were the primordial divine beings believed to be responsible for the creation of the earth according to records the brother and sister duo wait 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 hold the bus brother and sister duo and they're married what is it with mythologies and incest <laughs> just love it sweet baby jesus i just love siblings <laughs> getting out <laughs> for fuck's sake yeah uh According to records, the brother and sister duo were tasked by an earlier generation of Kamis, or divine beings, to bring order to the chaos under their heavenly realm. Using the divine spear... Oh my fucking sweet god. Good luck. <laughs> Amanonuko. Hey, if that's right, I'll bang that. I'm, gonna, I'm going with it. I ain't saying it again because I almost had a stroke. Um, slashed the first landmass in, into existence and named it Onogoroshima. Onogoroshima came as an island and is believed to be the foundation of the new world. Izanagi and Izanami continued their creation guess, uh, quest in style, slashing the chaotic sea to seed more land masses into existence, ultimately producing what we now know as the principal eight islands of Japan. Mm-hmm. During their creation journey, Izanagi and Iz- Izanami got together, and their union resulted in the birth of over 800 kami. The creation process, unfortunately, has its toll. Grief-stricken, Izanagi tried hard to resurrect his sister Izanami, and he also he almost succeeded, having convinced the Elder Gods to let her travel back to the world of the living. But ironically, his eagerness led to his failure. Agitated after having to wait too long, Izanagi takes an ill-advised early glance at his sister's undead state. It was a state for sore eyes. Izanami had become unrecognisable with her body already rotten and decomposing. Izanami, furious and humiliated, ordered her devilish minions of Thunder, of thunder Kami after him, while Izanagi fled in horror and disgust. Finally, Izanagi could barely escape by completing blocking, completely blocking off the entry gateway to Yomi. To rid himself of the unsavoury effects of his last visit to the underworld, Izanagi cleansed himself via a cleansing ritual. Izanagi was finally free, but there was a twist. The cleaning ritual rid him of his demons, but also resulted in the birth of new Japanese gods and goddesses known as the... Oh my fucking god. Miyashira no Uzunomiko. I'll keep you on that. Yeah. Some of these deities include Amaterasu, the sun goddess, mm. Sukiyomi, the moon deity, and Sasanu, the storm god. Amaterasu was born from washing his left eye. Sukiyomu was from washing his right eye and Sasuno from washing his nose. He's a boat. Yeah. To the end, Harai or purification in Japanese culture plays a significant role in the ritual uh, before visiting the holy shrines. Uh, so, obviously, out of respect, they wash their eyes and their nose before they enter the holy temples or sort of thing. Mm. Oh, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. So, the next god we have is Abisu, the Japanese god of luck and fishermen. Hiroku, translates as leech child, is the first child of the primordial god and goddesses Izanagi and Izanami. Due to his parents' transgress- transgression during their marriage ritual, he was cursed from birth 
and was born without bones. Nevertheless, his story is rife and grit. Dog, dog, dodgedness, and whatever that says. Dog, dogged, doggedness, dodgedness. Yeah, fuck And resilience. According to Shinto narratives, he was left to die in the chaotic seas of the earthly realm, drifting endlessly in the ocean at the young age of three. Fucking hell. Despite his mind-blowing ordeal somehow, Hiriku, Hiriku, sorry, as a child was able to survive, making it a pat making it a patch of dry land. I think that's meant to say making it to a patch of dry land in one piece. After overcoming numerous challenges, Haruku renamed himself Abisu or Yebisu. Um Why is it with these fucking long words, man? Comorate Comorating? Fucking hell, as you can tell, we are not the best readers. Commemorating. Commemorating his divinity as the patron... Yeah, whatever. (laughs) His divinity as the patron god of fishermen, children, and most significantly, prosperity and fortune. Commemorating. 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 I've never known it to be writ like that. (laughs) Jesus Christ, I need to go back to school. Fuck's sake. How did we struggle with commemorating? I can't talk. I struggle with, with... The B word, ben, ben, vanilla, ben, vanilla, ben, vanilla. <laughs> you can do it. I believe. <sighs> this made me sweat. Benevolent. Yes. <laughs> right. Next we have Kagatsuki, the Japanese god of destructive fire. When all fire destructive, really. It's fire. <laughs> Kagatsuki, also known as Homosubi translates translated as he who sparks fire. The fire deity of Japan is another um progeny of the primordial uh Izanagi and is uh, fuck me, I'm having a stroke here. Primordial Izanagi and is a Izanami. Jesus Christ, Josh, learn to read your divvy. You said that with such anger. Oh, I'm, Izanami. I'm getting vexed trying to read these words. My brain's just going, nah, bruv. Well, no, my brain's trying to read it. My tongue's going... Bleh. He is the most well-known for um, his destructiveness. His burning spirit tragically scorched his own mother. Fucking hell, mate. Oh, he killed his anami. What are you doing? During his birth, causing her to pass away. So she gave birth to him and he was on fire. Yeah. Talk about fire in your loins. <laughs> Yeah, causing her to pass away and enter uh, to the underworld. Izanagi, the father, proceeded to cut off Kagatsuki's head in a fit of fury and retaliation for causing his sister and lover's death. That's what happens when incest happens, mate. Yeah, killed your wife, so you cut his head off, as you do. Numerous kami were subsequently birthed due to the spilled blood, including including battle thunder gods, mountain gods, and even a dragon god. Yay. In simpler terms, Kagatsuki was revered as the ancestor of numerous strong and formidable deities. His flames were said to have inspired Japan, uh, Japan's iron and weaponry development. In terms of history and culture, Kagatsuki being the god of destructive fire, one that kills his own mother at that, was understandably seen as a potential harbinger of fiery destruction to the Japanese structures um, that mostly compromise of wood and other flammable materials. In the Japanese Shinto religion, uh, religion, he is the subject of various ceremonies and uh, to appease him. One of which is the Ho Shizumi no Matsuri ceremony, an imperial tradition intended to fend off Kagatsuki's negative effect for six months. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell, this is a bugger to read. Right, next one we have is Amaterasu, or Amaterasu, sorry, the Japanese goddess of the rising sun. Amaterasu, known by her, her. Honorific title. I thought it was called Hinokami. P 
people who watch Demon Slayer will know what I mean. Oh, well, I was going to say, yes. <laughs> <laughs> also known by her honorific title, Harumi no Muchi no Kamin. No, 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 no. <laughs> Literally translated as the great son of the Kami. Is the Japanese goddess of the rising sun and the ruler of the Kami realm. Otherwise known as fuck's sake. Takama Nohara. I think I banged that. I think you did, you know. <laughs> Her name comprehensively translates to the spend, uh, splendid Kami who lights from heaven. Amaterusu is one of the Miyashira no Uzunomiko. <laughs> We're so sorry. This is so bad. Nyoni. <laughs> <laughs> Born of the purification of the primordial god Izanagi's left eye, her divine authority as queen of the Kami, leader of all divine beings, was subsequently bestowed upon her by Izanagi, the goddess of the rising sun, a um, embodies the grandeur, order, and purity of the rising sun in tandem with her divine attribute. Her position in the Japanese pantheon is of no equal. Japanese mythology tells a story of a time when the world was covered in darkness, losing her radiant aura, symbolic to the radiant sun, after she disappeared. This occurred after she had a severe altercation with Sasanu, the storm deity, and shut herself inside of a cave. Why? <laughs> Just slap a minute. <laughs> Next, we have Tsukiyomi, the Japanese god of the moon. Diametrically, I think I pronounced that right, contrasting many Western mythologies, the Japanese pantheon's moon deity is no fair maiden, but a male. Miyashira no Uzumoku, Born for primordial Inzaghi's right eye. Um, right eye purification. So, fucking stop making me say this word. Sukumi no Mikoto, or simply Sukumi, holds divine authority over the moon. Some myths claim that he was created from a white copper mirror that um, Izanagi held in his right hand during his cleansing ritual. After marrying his sister, what again with the inbreds? After marrying his sister Amaterusu, the sun goddess, their divine authorities converged, resulting in the union of the sun and moon in the same sky. Mm. However, the killing of Ukimoki, the goddess of food, by Sokomi, uh, eventually ended this electrifying union. The moon deity supposedly did the, this uh, the heinous act in displeasure after witnessing Ukimoki spew out numerous foods. So he threw up, so you chef him up. <laughs> but could that be why the sun, right, for them, like the sun is out, is out so much and then the moon's out? Ah, uh, so, yeah. so they're not together. Yeah. So they yeah. can't be around each other, so that's why it's like... It's, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, probably, actually. Uh, next we have Sasanu, the Japanese god of seas and storms. Brother of Amaterusu and Sukuyomi, Sasanu is the third and last um, Miyashira no Uzumoku. He descended from the nose of Inzaghi, naturally gifted with control over the domain of the stormy seas. Sasanu is, the un- is unique amongst the Mishara no... You got this. Uzumoku. He got it. And the Japanese pantheon in general, due to the symbolic relationship between his personality and his divine authority. As you might already know, storms are typically very violent and ever-changing. The same can be said for Sasanu's temperament. According to mythology, his temperamental personality serves as fuel to fire uh, uh, up his chaotic storms. The storms, a a core part of his divine attributes, also affect his mood and personality. So I'll take it if there's a big storm, he's he's vexed. <laughs> Next, we have Rajing and Fujing, the Japanese gods of weather. Rajing and Fujing are a powerful kami that wields control over the natural elements. You can think of these two as uh, two opposite sides of the coin. 
yet the same entity. As a result, they can be either sympathetic or uncaring towards the fate of the mortals, and undesirable, undesir, undesirable, whatever that says, cave at, thanks to their divine attributes. Rajing has authority over lightning and thunder, according to myths. He calls down lightning with the swing of his divine hammer and heralds the booking uh, sound of thunder. So he's just a Japanese Thor. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Intriguingly, Rajing is pictured with three fingers, each representing the past, present, and future. Does well to hold a hammer with three fingers. Hmm. <laughs> Fujin, on the other hand, is the divine being that controls the winds. Mythology describes him as a monstrous kami who travels the nine realms on gusts of wind as his footstool and wreaks havoc with wind gales. A few urban legends claim that Fujin saved Japan from the Mongol invasions by releasing the kamikaze, or divine wind, a typhoon that wiped out the invading fleets. Together, Rajing and Fujin have complete control over the earthly realms holding the fate of all mortals. Right. So they say that he done that to protect Japan. Yeah. Could have just been bad planning. Could have been. Very well could have been. Thank God that's done. <laughs> My God, I feel like I'm about to have a stroke. <laughs> I do apologise with some of the words that I've just tried to pronounce. Because I've probably butchered that. There's some probably Japanese people watching going, what the fuck is he saying? I've probably called him, I don't know, some racial slur or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I really do apologise. As you can tell, we're not Japanese. Nah. I'm <laughs> just like Demon Slayer. <laughs> yeah. So. Kokushibo for the win. Who? He's, uh, he's Demon Moon 1. He's uh, he. He was a demon slayer. Yeah. And he's the brother of the original Sun Breather, who's like, he's like the OP. Right. Like, he's the, like the OG and he's OP as fuck. Like, he's badass. And his brother, because they were twins, when they were growing up, Kokushiba, I think his name was Michikatsu, mm. he was the favourite. He was the one who was getting trained to be a samurai and everything. Right. And his brother was going to be sent off to a temple when he was 10. But it turned out that his brother was just sick. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> like, he, like, when it came to, like, he said, oh, let me have a go, pretty much, pretty much in a yeah, he... sort of way. And he just knocked about this fucking trainer who was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> so then it, got, it was going to get switched where, um... oh, my God, his name's gone. <laughs> his name's gone. The brother, anyway. No, the, yeah, the good one. What's his name? <laughs> his last name's Sugakuni. What's his fucking name? Bob? No. <laughs> oh, that's really pissing me off. Darren. No. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, so the good one, he was going to be, but he was so nice and everything, he felt bad for his brother, so then he left. Oh. So he left, so let his brother become the, sam the family yeah. samurai. So from then, he was so, like, the brother was always jealous. Right. But they met years later. Uh, he was already... Uh, no, he was a samurai and everything, and his family get killed. No, they don't get killed. Anyway, <laughs> um, it's really bothering me. Yurichi! Yes! Yurichi, he um, he just wanted a quiet life yeah. and everything, but then his family gets killed by demons. Well, his wife gets killed by demon with their unborn baby. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah, I know, it's a bit mad. So then he becomes a demon slayer. Uh... And that's when they meet, meets back up with his brother. Yeah. And then... Because they were just fighting demons normally, but then, then then he had a breathing style, which was sun breathing, mm. which is like the best of the best. All the other forms come from that. Right. And his brother tried so hard, but he then made his own breathing called moon breathing. Ah, uh, okay. But then he uh, gets turned into a demon. He becomes then Kokushibo. Oh. <laughs> well, that was that then. <laughs> yeah. And Yurichi heard about this and was shunned from the... Demon Slayer, even though he was like their best fighter, he he trained them all mm. in breathing styles and everything like that, but he gets shunned from them. And he was like an 80-year-old man where he finally meets Kokushibo, mm. and they're like, he's, he starts crying. He's like, what have you become? Like, I'm butchering this, but he's like, what have you become? And he starts crying, and he's, he's like so, like, Kokushibo's like so full of hate. Yeah. And everything. And then, um, but even as an 80-year-old man, you're each like, just as, I'm 
now coming for you. Yeah. And as you go, so Kokushibo's now a demon, so he's got mad powers, couldn't keep up with him. Slices him in the neck, and he's like, one more hit's going to kill me, but it never came. Yurichi died of old age, standing up. <laughs> yeah. What a perfect time to do it. Yeah. He done it, he does it, but then when he turns back to look at him, Yurichi's just, he's died standing up. <laughs> and his sword's down, and then, yeah. Um, Oh, one important thing, actually, I forgot to mention. When they were kids, mm. Kokushibo made a flute right. for Yurichi. Yeah. Couldn't play in tune, nothing like that, but he made him it. And then, back to now then, mm. Kokushibo, in his fit of rage, c- cuts him in two, mm. and in his pocket, he still had the flute. Oh, that's so, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> but there, he's... What a time to die, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hell. But yeah, no, that Yurichi was beast. Like he nearly killed, he nearly killed the Demon King and everything. Yeah, like he, this Demon King, like he was battering him, and this Demon King got so angry, like he blew up into like, oh, it was like eighteen hundred pieces. Oh fucking hell! And I think he got like sixteen hundred or something like that, like in like in a, yeah. in a split second, like just, <laughs> you know, like how anime mm-hmm. is, like, <laughs> so like that. But yeah, he was just able to get away. One more time. <laughs> yeah so he was able to get away and then um yeah he never met him and this demon king muzan kabutsuji who looks like michael jackson <laughs> he actually does he um he has he's got severe ptsd with this donny because <laughs> the main character in demon slayer is tanjiro mm. and he um yurichi was very like was known because he wore these hanafuda earrings right and they he met Tanjiro's ancestors, because this was like 400 years beforehand. Mm. And then he met Tanjiro's ancestor, taught him their sun dance, or they used it as a dance, which became Hinokami Kagura. See, look at me throwing all this Japanese hair. And, um, and the earrings, and, and Tanjiro inherited them, so he's wearing them, mm. and he meets Muzan like, in the street, yeah, kind of. And he's and it, that was it. He got like severe PTSD, <laughs> and he was like sent the demons after him. Like, nah, you need him gone. <laughs> Bring me his head. <laughs> and uh, Tanjiro somehow just keep blasting through him. He's like a little beast. But um, yeah. But yeah, Kakashibo is the best. It, like, he look. He's got six eyes. Yeah. He but he, he looks so cool with it, and like he's got like he looks like a samurai and everything, and um. It was because they've just released the new season that the Swordsmith, the first episode. It was the reason why I, <coughs> why I subbed to this Crunchyroll. It's a website with anime and all that. Let's mm. say I'm not actually a big anime fan, but I love Demon Slayer. And I, the only reason I sub sub to it, pay for it, was for that first episode because they have the Upper Moon meeting, right? And I, so I was just like, oh my god. Like, <laughs> proper fangirl yeah I was yeah and I was saying I'm please be cool and he really was and I was like yes <laughs> like he's just so calm and everything like because they, they're all there and they're all like squabbling amongst themselves and they, like one of them asked like oh is, Ko- is Lord Kakashibo here like don't tell me he's the one who's died and they're like nah he's been here the whole time <laughs> alright and he's just there you know like how someone's like they're, they're yeah, kneeling just, and that and yeah. he's like yeah I've been here the whole time but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just chilling, bruv. Yeah, and he, he's just such a don. And one of the demons is going to strike the other. Before he does, his arm's gone. And they're like, how? And then all of a sudden, Kokushibo's just like standing there. You know, like the quick draw. Yeah. Makes it... <laughs> 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 and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could die happy now. See, no. Like, honestly, I'm watching it like, on my phone. And then, and then I and I, honestly, I just did just go like, oh, that's so... Oh, that's so good. Like, if I was the right build, I mean, I'm too chonk. But if I was the rope build, every Halloween I'd be dressed up as Kokushibo. I'm not yeah. even joking because he's just sick. Oh, I love him. <laughs> Fucking hell. But yeah, if you get a chance, watch Demon Slayer. Jo- I tried to get Josh to watch it, but he's not having none of it and nah. it pisses me off. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I did try. I you just... watched like two episodes. Yeah, I know, but it was just, oh, I couldn't do it. What? Because what? Right. The only way for a demon to die a Demon Slayer is through a special katana or a Nitrin blade they're called or the sun so any other way you could butcher them completely they'll regenerate and because one of them had his head cut off with just a normal axe but he grew legs out of his head 
Josh thinks that's fucking ridiculous. Come on! It's, it's really not. Like, <laughs> it's a head spider! <laughs> oh, no, there is proper spider demons in it as well. Brilliant. But speaking of spider demons... No! What oh, <laughs> We know what we're doing now. But, yeah, speaking of um, spider demons, well, we, should we go in, into my... Yeah, so let's the, do it. And the first one, because he's a yokai, and the first of the yokai is like folklore, is Yurigumo. Uh, Yorogumo translation, entangling bride, alternatively, whore spider. Whore? Whore. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> the appearance in Japan, some spiders are known to possess amazing supernatural powers. One of these is the Yorogumo, known as the Golden Orb Weaver in English. The Yorogumo is most well known of the, Arach- of the arachnid yokai and found all over the Japanese <sighs> archipelago. except for the northern island of Hokkaido their body size averages between 2 to 3 centimetres long this is the actual spider by the way Uh, but they can grow much larger some are massive enough to catch and eat small birds renowned for their size their vividly beautiful colours and the large and strong webs they weave the beautiful Urugumo are also famous for the cruel destruction they wreak on young men written with my with modern kanji oh excuse me oh excuse me <laughs> um, in modern kanji their name means entangling bride however these characters were added much later to cover up the original meaning of Yorogumo horse spider what a name yeah I know <laughs> um, Yorogumo lives solitary lives both as spiders and as yokai when a golden orb weaver reaches 400 years of age, it develops magical powers and begins to feed on human prey instead of insects. Yorogumo make their nests in caves, forests or empty houses in towns, possessing a cunning intelligence and a cold heart. They see humans as nothing more than insects to feed on. They are skillful deceivers and powerful shapeshifters, usually appearing as young, sexy and stunningly beautiful women. Oh, I felt cringy saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yurigumo's favourite prey are young, handsome men looking for love or other favours. We know what that means, dirty buggers. (laughs) (laughs) When a Yurigumo spots a man she desires, she lures him into her home with promises of affection. He is never seen again. Come in here, pretty boy. (laughs) (laughs) You imagine that, like, you think, oh, I'm in here. And then walk into the house, and then she just sprouts legs from her back. I'll tell you, like, what? (laughs) What kind of favours are these? (laughs) Just one hand job will do, not eight of them. (laughs) Yurigumo spins silk threads strong enough to ensnare a grown man so that he cannot escape. They also have powerful venom that can slowly weaken a man day by day, allowing the spider to savour her victim's long and painful death. Yurigumo can control other lesser spiders, even employing fire-breathing spiders to burn down the homes of any suspicious meddlers. They are such skillful predators that a Yurigumo can operate like this for years and years, even in the middle of a busy city, piling up hundreds of desiccated Skeletons of foolish young men. Fire breathing spiders. That'd be sick. Would it? <laughs> I love shit like that. <laughs> that was As if they ain't bad enough. <laughs> breathing fire. <laughs> that would be cool, like a dragon spider. No, like, it fucking wouldn't. <laughs> oh, that's giving me an idea, you know. <laughs> fire breathing <laughs> spider dragons. That'd be pretty cool. Nah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready down. the lifeboats. I want off. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a Yorogumo. Uh, the next one I've got is a Kitsune, which is quite famous in like Japanese mythology. Mm. It is, uh, or oh, it's a nine-tailed fox. Oh, hang on, I think I've heard of that. Mm. The nine-tailed fox. Alternate names, unique names exist in many ind- individual instances. They live throughout Japan. And their diet is omnivorous, fond of fried tofu. They're the only things that are. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a bit picky, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> tofu, but it has to be fried. Yeah. Well, it's just their favourite. They're fond of it. <laughs> you know I mean? Appearance. Foxes or kitsune are found all, all across Japan. They are identical to wild foxes found elsewhere in the world, apart from their incredible magical powers. Their cute faces and small size make them particularly loved by most people. 
There are two major variations of Kitsune. Holy foxes are servants to the Shinto deity Inari, and Inari shrines are decorated with statues and images of these foxes. Legends tell celestial foxes provided wisdom and ser- or service to good and pious people, the humans. These holy foxes act as messengers of the gods and mediums between the celestial and human worlds. They often protect humans or places, providing good luck and ward evil spirits away, like Uruguma. Mm-hmm. More common are the, wild, are the wild foxes, which delight in mischief, pranks, or evil. <laughs> there are stories in which wild foxes trick or even possess humans and cause them to behave strangely. Despite this wicked nature, even wild foxes keep their promises, remember, remember friendships, and repay any favours done for them. Most tales of Kitsune are about wild foxes punishing wicked priests, greedy merchants, and boastful drunkards. They vex their targets by creating phantom sounds and sights, stealing from them, or otherwise humiliating them publicly. Bastards. (laughs) He's come out, he's a Larry pisshead, he's come out, he's like, he's got a baby dick. (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't. It's cold. (laughs) Certain mental disorders have been attributed to possession by Kitsune known as Kitsune Suki. Mysterious illusory fires and strange lights in the sky are said to be caused by their magic and are known as Kitsune Bai, or Foxfire. Kitsune are extremely intelligent and powerful shapeshifters. They frequently harass humans by transforming into giants or other fearsome monsters. (laughs) Sometimes they do it just for pranks (laughs) and sometimes for more nefarious purposes. They are skilled enough to even transform into into exact likeliness of individual people, often appearing in the guise of beautiful human women in order to trick young men. Why is it this one? Tricking young men. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> On more than one occasion, this has resulted in marriage with an unwitting human. Some Kitsune even spend most of their lives in human form, adopting human names and customs, taking human jobs, and even raising families. When startled or drunk or careless, a patch of their magical disguise can fail. <laughs> the Kitsune's true nature may be revealed by a tail, a swatch of fur, fangs, or some other vulpine f- feature. <laughs> so this done, you know, these poor young le- lads, right? They've gone up. It's an attractive girl. Come talking. Stop there. Are you a woman spider? <laughs> no. Are you a fox? No. All right. Approach. <laughs> yeah. They go on a few dates, you know. One thing leads to another. They end up getting married, having kids. And then one day you, you just see your missus cooking eggs or whatever and next thing you know she just grows a tail you're like <laughs> what's going on here then <laughs> Where'd you I, don't, get? I don't worry about it boss <laughs> it's my time of the month it happens <laughs> I'm a fairy <laughs> <laughs> he's just sitting there like oh no <laughs> oh, dang never I've done gone fucked up <laughs> <laughs> oh god but yeah, that, yeah that's a bit mad you know <laughs> just a bit <laughs> I've got uh, another one called which I think uh, is quite known as the Oni which means ogre or demon right habitat hell <laughs> Remo- oh god <laughs> <laughs> remote mountains caves islands abandoned fortresses uh, they're omni- omnivorous but especially livestock, humans, and alcohol. The Oni are one of the greatest icons of Japanese folklore. They are large and scary, standing taller than the tallest man, and sometimes taller than trees. They commonly they, they come in many varieties, but most but most commonly depicted with red or blue skin, wild hair, two or more horns, fang-like tusks. Other variations exist in different colours and with number of, of a different number of horns, eyes or fingers and toes. They wear loincloths made of the pelts of great beasts. All only possess extreme strength and constitution. Yeah. I didn't know if that was constipation or constitution. <laughs> it's constitution. And many of them are accomplished sorcerers. They are they are ferocious demons, bringers of disaster, spreaders of disease and punishers of, of the damned in hell. 
Only are born when truly wicked humans die and end up in one of the many Buddhist hells. Transformed into Oni, they become the ogreish and brutal servants of Great Lord Enma, ruler of hell. Wielding giant great iron clubs, they crush and destroy humans solely for enjoyment. And, and Oni's job is to meet, meet out horrible punishments such as peeling off skins, oh. crushing bones, and rendering others' torments too horrible to describe. All these tortures are for wicked sinners, but only those not quite wicked enough to be reborn as Oni. So you've either got to be bad, bad, yeah, or <laughs> don't be bad. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. You could be a half bad, and then you're just getting tortured. (laughs) Hell is fun for Oni. Oh, hell is full of Oni. They make up of the armies of the great generals of the underworld. Occasionally, when a a human is so utterly wicked that his soul is beyond any redemption, he transforms into Oni while still alive. He then remains on Earth to terrorise the living. These transformed Oni are ones most legends tell about and the ones who pose the most danger to humankind. Um, Oni are stuff of legend and fairy tales. Japanese mythology is full is full of countless stories of Oni, encounters with lords and ladies, warriors and rogues. No two stories about Oni are exactly alike. Except for one thing, Oni are always the villains of mankind. Um, originally, all spirits, ghosts and monsters were known as Oni. Their root of the name is a word meaning hidden or concealed, and it is written with the Chinese character for ghost. In the old days of Japan, before the spirits were well catalogued, only could only refer you know, could refer to almost any supernatural creature, ghost, obscure gods, large or scary yokai, even particularly vicious and brutal humans. As the centuries shaped the Japanese language, the definitions we we know for the various kinds of monsters gradually came into being. Females are not called Oni, but are known by no by another name, Kijo. Mm-hmm. These guys are really just assholes. Yeah, proper pricks. <laughs> former former pricks that now t- torment other pricks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You've either got to be a good person or a really bastard. Yeah, <laughs> you can't be like a half bastard because you'll just get tortured. For yeah, them. you'll just get fucked up. <laughs> you don't. It's become... a bit ironic, really, isn't it? If they were former assholes. And they're torturing people because they were assholes, mm. but they also were assholes. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's a bit mad. <laughs> right here we go now. <laughs> I think it's the one we're all looking for. Yeah, to. boy. Right. So now we're on probably one of the most famous things to come out of Japan. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And it's if got, not, do you know, I I, I put it the most famous. Yeah. When you think of Japan, you think of samurai. Yeah. I just even love the way Jap- uh, J- I want to say jup, the way Japanese say it. Mm. Samurai. You know, <laughs> it's so cool. I just yeah, I think it's sick. The samurai were one of four social classes in Japanese society. They were highly trained soldiers that were skilled in the use of both bows and swords. Mm-hmm. The samurai were an essential part of Japanese armies during the feudal period. The samurai first appeared in the 10th century AD in the Heian period. A new system of military service had created private armies who were paid for by local warlords known as daimyo. Daimo. The original meaning of the word samurai was to serve. Theoretically, the samurai existed to serve the Japanese emperor. However, in reality, they served an individual daimyo who was willing to pay for their help. They're pretty much like mercenaries. Yeah. Although the daimyo controlled the lands of Japan, their power depended on the samurai under their control. Samurai swore oaths of loyalty to their daimyo, daimyo or whatever, and protected his lands from robbers and rebels while he was travelling or away. Most importantly, they fought for the daimyo, when wars took place, samurai therefore needed to be ready to fight at a moment's notice and were sometimes housed in specialised military barracks or castle. Mm. The more rich and powerful a daimyo became, the more samurai he could pay for. Ultimately, the most successful daimyo even used their samurai armies to seize ultimate control of Japan from the emperor himself. The Japanese emperor 
was forced to create a new military position to recognise the most powerful daimyo, the Shogun. Mm-hmm. Um, samurai warriors were meant to follow a strict code of behaviour known as the Bushido Code. This code centred around the concepts of honesty and loyalty. A samurai's first responsibility was to faithfully serve his daimyo. This meant that they would they should be willing to die if necessary to do so. It was common to die for, for your daimyo in battle, but samurai were also expected to fight duels if, if the mere honour of their lord was questioned. Under Bushido, a samurai was required to learn seven martial arts, archery, the spear, fencing, horse riding, military st- stra- strategy, use of firearms and, technically, and techniques of jiu-jitsu. Or jiu-jitsu. So I'm guessing that's jiu-jitsu. Yeah, that's jiu-jitsu. Yeah. During the Edo period of Japanese period, 1603 to 1868, different ranks of samurai warriors were developed. The Gokunin, this was the lowest rank. Mm -hmm. Goshi, this rank worked as farmers as well, but had to give up some of their uh, special privileges. Hatamoto, this was the highest rank, and these became the only rank that was expected to die for their lord. Since samurai was a social class, not a career, children were born as samurai. Young boys of this class began military training from an early age. They were given lessons in how to use bows, ride horses, wrestle, and fight with the samurai sword, katana. Mm-hmm. Many daimyo set up specialised schools for these lessons. Surprisingly, samurai warriors were also taught sophisticated reading and writing, particularly poetry. Though. Uh, there was an exception. Uh, there was an exception that samurai were not only warriors but also refined members of the nobility. Since samurai culture was so heavily invested in the idea of loyalty to a daimyo lord, what happened if a daimyo died? Some samurai would leave to find a new lord to serve. However, others took the opportunity to wander freely. Samurai who had no master were called ronin. There was no set rule for what a ronin should do because he was his own master. Mm-hmm. Many ronin became swords for hire and would fight for any daimyo who was willing to pay. Other ronin became nothing more than robbers and thieves using their military skills to intimidate peasants. During the uh, two-century peace of the Tokugawa shogunate, there was little need for trained warriors. As a result, many samurai families focus more on government jobs that involve administration duties or running businesses. By the mid-19th century, when Western nations introduced gunpowder weapons to Japan, there was no need for a samurai social class at all. During the Meiji period, the samurai class was disbanded forever. Shame, really, isn't it? It really is. Because they were just, like, on another level. Yeah. But because what I like, like as well, because it was all about honor. Yeah, it's all about honor, and I mean, if you didn't, um, how if you if you lost honor or anything like that, you was expected to uh, commit seguko. Is that the that's um, uh, like suicide? Yeah, is that the knife one where they stab you? You stab yourself in the stomach, and you bend over, and then someone cuts your head off. Yeah, yeah, because that yeah. Hang on. Sapuka, yeah, Sapuko. Uh It's cut in the belly, also Harukiri. Uh, a native Japanese is a form of Japanese realistic suicide by disembowelment, while Harukiri refers it to the act of disemboweling oneself. Sapuko, uh, or Sapuko, whatever it's called, refers to this r- ritual and usually would involve decapitation after the act, act as a sign of mercy. Harakiri refers solely to the act of disembowelment and would only be assigned as a punishment towards acts deemed too heinous for seppuku. It was um, it was originally reserved for samurai in their code of honour, but was also practised by other Japanese people during the uh, Showa era, particularly officers near the end of World War Two. Yeah, I was going to say that a lot of them did that in World War Two mm. to restore honour for themselves or for their families. As a samurai practice, seppuku was used voluntarily by samurai to die with honour rather than fall into the hands of their enemies and likely to be tortured as a form of capital punishment for samurai who had committed serious offences or performed um, or, or performed because they had brought shame to themselves. 
The ceremonial disembowelment, which is usually part of a more elaborate ritual and performed in front of spectators, consists of plunging a short blade, traditionally a tanto, which is like a katana, mini, but a mini katana, mini katana yeah. into the belly and drawing the blade from left to right, slicing the belly open. If the cut is deep enough, it could sever the abdominal aorta, causing a rapid death by blood loss. That is madness. Yeah. But, but in a way, it's kind of like it's like the ro- romance of it. Yeah. Because you were such, you were so proud. Yeah. You were a samurai. You were so proud. You would do anything. You had such an honor. You had such a code. Well, it's similar to the Vikings, isn't it? When they yeah. died, if they died with the axe in their hand, they went to Valhalla. Mm. So it's very similar to that sort of yeah. thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you d- yeah, if you died a great death on the battlefield, you was yeah. The Valkyries would look upon you. And yeah. take it to Valhalla, and this, yeah, and the same with the, with the samurai. Like they were, if they died honorably, they'd be going to heaven. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just that just seems mad. Like if you refused to go to war, yeah, and stuff like that. If you refused it, you they'd make well, you'd either uh, do like commit sabuko sabuko by yourself, mm-hmm. and then have mate you chop your head off, mm-hmm. or you was for, pretty much forced into it. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, because they always yeah, because when the samurai used to go out, they had their katana and a tanto. Yeah, and it was yeah, if you got captured, you'd whip out your tanto and quickly, and quickly fl- kill yourself. Basically, that's yeah. madness. That's madness. The samurai culture is so interesting. I, I love think it. We could do a whole episode on that. I love it. I think yeah, I think really like just reading that, I might actually look more into it. You know. Yeah, and like I say, because you could say with it with like martial arts different martial well, arts yeah. than that because i mean people who know me who really know me i used to do karate i've got i'm actually a first dan black belt in shotokan karate which is a Jap- japanese uh form of karate which was made oh i'm gonna mess it up here i'm sorry sensei steve if you ever do watch us <laughs> but um with that yeah you was taught discipline and like we was watching the thing actually before filming this with jordan peterson like you yeah. was like and it works, and it's so worthy. Like with martial art, like you was taught to fight, to fought, to kill. Mm-hmm. You're taught to like be a monster, but also then how to control it. Yeah, how to not be that monster, but you've got that in your arsenal if you need it. Yeah. So, and I, and I think actually now growing up and maturing, well, in a certain extent, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can actually I can really appreciate that. Yeah really appreciate that and I think I, I just find martial arts beautiful mm-hmm. like I could watch stuff about Bruce Lee even though he was like more kung fu and yeah that. but he, but like, all the different martial arts so you got like you say you got karate kung fu kali um Muay Thai Muay Thai Taekwondo Judo Jiu Jitsu um they're the ones I could just think off the top of my head yeah. like I just think it's so fascinating even Tai Chi yeah and stuff like that. It's so fascinating that how they you man, you can manipulate your body to then become a weapon. I don't know. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah. it's so weird. No, no, exactly do you know what, what I mean? mean? It's so interesting, and I I love that. I yeah. really do. And I I mean I'm too chonk now. And yeah. I, and I've got <laughs> no time now whatsoever to to really go, get back into it. But I I regret it now because at the time I was about seventeen, eighteen. I was, I started going to the gym and I really, really got into weightlifting and yeah. stuff like that. And it got to the point I had to pick pretty much either go weightlifting or go to karate. And I gave karate up. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, for the first few years, I was like, no, nah, I think I've done the right thing. Yeah. But now I look back and I think you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. You should have kept that up. Like, it, it was just... But the thing is, I hate when it became a chore because I was going every week. It became a chore, and I didn't like it. Yeah, you weren't um, doing it off your own back, sort no. of thing. And, I, and in a way, I think now, if I was to do it, I think it'd be more. of I want to learn. Yeah, want, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. And you, like, let's say you've got like and now, like with because of martial arts, it, it formed into everything. Like with boxing, kickboxing, and UFC, MMA, yeah. MMA, and everything like that. It. It's still a massive, massive thing, but like, I just, I don't know, I just Asian fighting styles. I just, oh, yeah. I love it. Like I remember I was watching a video about, I know it's, it's for Chinese, really, with the Shaolin monks, mm-hmm. 
and the training they have to do, it's so interesting, so yeah. fascinating. And what with the right amount of training and dedication, what your body can withstand. Oh, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. It is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to start looking more into it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I really, yeah, I do love that shit. And also, we've been on about getting a forge. Yeah. I'm going to make my own katana. Oh, yeah. I want to make my own katana. That would be sick. Yeah. Uh, oh. But, no, let us know what you you're interested in would you like us to cover a whole episode on samurai alone or different yeah. martial art styles and all that thing oh, that'd be quite sick that would know. be pretty sick yeah <laughs> let, let us know yeah uh, but no I think that pretty much wraps up yeah pretty much because like I said because I've done Shoto card karate there was, there's different types of karate yeah so I imagine it's different types of jiu-jitsu oh yeah Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Brazilian yeah but there's different types of taekwondo there's different you know what I mean yeah yeah it's all different and oh, there's a Aikido as well. Yeah, that's another one. But no, I'd lo- yeah, oh, love all that shit. Love it. <laughs> but no, I think that officially wraps up this episode. Yeah, and that officially wraps up our covers on Asian mythology. Yeah. Next week, <laughs> we've got the boy, the one we've been buzzing for. We My begin- ancestors. <laughs> <laughs> we begin Norse mythology. <laughs> yes. Uh, again, it will be split into five episodes. Uh, we'll be talking gods in the gods in one. Mm. We'll be talking the realms, the monsters. Uh, where is it? Um, yeah. Can't think what the other one is. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was it. No, it won't. Yeah, uh, gods, Valkyries and Valhalla. Yeah. Beasts, the nine realms, and the last one is going to be on Ragnarok. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I mean, the gods alone. Just all of the it, gods mate. alone. All Odin, of it. Thor. Tyr. Loki. Heindel. Heindel. That's who I was thinking of the other day. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so sick. I can't wait. My, my heritage. <laughs> I will be out welcome to Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> but, no. Ed? Where can they find us? You can find us on Facebook, Mr. Mysteries in Black and White. It is a group. We will accept you, mm-hmm. and you will find all our links there. You can get involved. We try and put stuff out on there. Mm-hmm. So that's where you find us on Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Mr. Mysteries underscore, the actual underlying bit. Mm-hmm. There is, again, you'll find what we're doing each week, and new episodes, and I think all the links are on there as well. Actually. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, so get on there. You can find us on Twitter, which is Mr. Mysteries 1. You'll know for our logo. Mm-hmm. And we've got our TikTok, which we put on episode um, clips on every week mm-hmm. from the best bits, pretty much, from the uh, podcast episode, mm-hmm. which is Mr. Mysteries 10. You can follow us, no, uh, follow us on YouTube or subscribe to us on YouTube, like, hit the bell, all that shiz. Which is where we do the podcast, but also we do On The Hunt, mm-hmm. which is we, we talk pretty much about anything we want to, or recent events. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's On The Hunt. And also we do a Reacts one. Mm-hmm. And I really recommend you watch our last <laughs> React one, because you actually see two grown men, big built grown men, shit themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do really recommend uh, watching that one. But yeah, we do a react. So every week we find clips or something on YouTube or whatever where then we react to for your enjoyment. Yep. So yeah, we have nightmares for your enjoyment. So yep. just think of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can email us and that could be emailing us could be sightings you've had of any cryptic, ghost, UFO, all that shiz. Uh, theories you have on a podcast episode we've done or anything we've missed out or anything like that you want to add in please do that as well so sightings theories uh you could give us criticisms if you want on a podcast episode don't know why i would but mm-hmm. if you you know if you would just say like i didn't agree with this or you could do that I mean, you know what i mean yeah you could praise us, which we'd prefer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say, yeah, that was a good one. We, we know. That's, <laughs> that's a, yeah. Anything like that. Um, ideas. You give us ideas for future episodes. 
um, ideas for future um, hunts, investigations, anything like that. It could be, yeah, just anything. Or if you just fancy a chat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to chat to us, yeah, yeah we prefer that. And also, you, if you want to go that route as well, you, you can DM us on Instagram, Twitter, all that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that is Mr. Mysteries at Outlook.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I nearly forgot what the fuck it <laughs> is. It was like, yeah, I'd love to. Eat. What's it fucking called? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, that Mr. Mysteries at Outlook.com. Mm-hmm. Josh, mm-hmm. where can they listen to us? You can listen to us, even though you probably already are. But if you fancy listening on another platform, feel free. You can listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon, Samsung, Podchaser, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. Fantastic. So, yeah. Oh, I'm buzzing now. Yeah. Buzzing. Nice. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, oh, so, so, yeah. Thank you very much for watching. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Happy hunting. <laughs> <laughs>